Okay, everyone. Okay. What happened with the couple you were talking about? Hmm? Therefore, what happened to them? What? Okay, maybe they went to eat pizza first. Huh? What? Um. Oh. Now oh, I get it. So we're learning last week, this week, uh, first of all, good evening. We are continuing the class we started last week. We began the discourse on Pashas Veschanon. You should know today, you should take it to your heart, that God is Hashem. Hashem, the Yudke Vavke, who Elohim, he is the, he, he's Elohim. Ain oid, none but him. So um, last week we learned, this is the mimer um, on Davzayin, Amit Dalid, and Lakuti Torah on page 14. Um, and we are holding Siv Gimel on page 16, as we were holding. We're going to do a, br- a brief review on what we learned last week. So it says, you should know today, you should, tr- you should take it to your heart that God is, Hashem is the only God. And the Alter Rebbe learns that V'yadaita hayoyim doesn't mean you should know. Simply it means, you, by now you should know already. But the deeper meaning is you should know the day. By analyzing the day, remember we learned last week, by analyzing the day, that the day is made up of a day and a night, which are two opposites, light and darkness. And yet light and darkness come together to forge one entity. You should apply that idea to your own heart. That even though in your heart you also have two completely separate entities, you have a Yetzah Tov, a good inclination, and you have a Yetzah Hara, and you have an evil inclination, and yet you ought to know that even though they are as different as night and day, yet just like night and day are really one, and they're meant to converge into one, and from night you come into day, and night must precede day, so you should know that from the darkness of your dark side of your heart, which is the Yetzirah, you make light, just like night makes day, even though it's two opposites. Your heart, your left side of the heart, is actually what creates the biggest brightness. The evil inclination is what has the ability to create the biggest brightness. It come, it, it's meant to be one unit, not that a person is supposed to, not that a person should live their entire life in a split personality or bipolar being, of being you know, one day spiritual and one day uh, uh, materialistic and dark. A person is meant to converge the two sides of his heart and unify them just like night and day are unified and forge one entity. And from there you will understand that the same is also in the cosmic forces of Havaya and Elohim, where Elohim is one is the force of Hashem that is within the creation. Havaya is the transcendental infinite dimension of God as God stands higher than creation, which are two separate entities. Yet, they're not two separate entities. They're both, you know, this, the, the, um, it's, it's, 
it's really one, one, one thing. It's, it's two sides. It's two sides of the. It's two sides of a coin. They're both the same, one and the same. Hashem and Elohim are really one and the same because just like day and night are really one, Yetzir Tov and Yetzir Hara, as different as they are, are really one because evil inclination is meant to assist and, and actually intensify one's uh, uh, spiritual experience and connection to God. And you will also know from there that Hashem and Elohim are one. Okay? In other words, we're examining duality. And we're seeing duality in all of existence. In night and day, duality. We're seeing duality in the inner space, in the inner human experience. The good side and the bad side. The good and the evil. And we're seeing duality in the divine forces of creation. And the, the Torah is saying, according to the Alter Rebbe, know that they're really one. In order to understand this, we learned last week um, that in one's in one's approach to a, a relationship with Hashem, in one's in one's um, creation of emotions in which we connect to Hashem a Yid is supposed to bond with God not only in behavior but a Jew is supposed to have a relationship with God with his emotions as well we know there are two primary emotions there's an emotion of love and there's an emotion of fear and awe Ava and Yira we know that these are two very important elements loving Hashem fearing God. In last week's Torah portion, we are told, we are commanded on both of them. And in this week's Torah portion, again, this week it says, Va'ata Yisrael, and now the Jewish people, Ma Hashem what is God asking from you? Ki Hashem to fear God. So in this week's Torah portion, we also have the mitzvah of fearing Hashem, and the mitzvah of Hashem love God your God. So, generally, these are two opposite emotions. And so opposite that, that they're exclusive. It's either or. Either I have an emotion of love to Hashem, in which I'm feeling I, I want to draw close, I want to get closer to God, or the emotion is I shrivel up, I suddenly I'm become aware of God's immense greatness, and his majestic, and of his majesty, and that really causes me to to to, to shrink in, in in terror. I'm terrified of this awesome being. So either or, you can't have because because love and fear are two opposite emo emotions. Love opens you up. Love is expansion, and fear is contraction. And we, as we learned last week in the Mimer, we were learning that the the awareness that creates those emotions. The mental awareness that is the foundation of those emotions are also different. When a person, in order to create love, one has to feel distant. When you feel distant, that, that creates the love, or that stimulates the love, that intensifies love. 
we learned Barichus last week, that as a result of a person recognizing, like you see, you know, this idea, that when, you, when do you feel some love to someone when you miss them? When do you miss them when they're distant? When they're close, the nature of love is that it calms down and it almost completely relaxes when, when you're close. So love is about being close, but what fans the flames of love is distance. And the more, the greater the barrier between the, the, the one that is loving to the thing that is being beloved, the greater and more intense is the feelings of love. So love and our relationship with Hashem is the same. Love comes from the understanding how the divine is not revealed in this world. How distant and how far we are from any godliness. A meditation that where someone thinks about the, the revelations of Hashem in the supernal worlds, how up there God is revealed, down here He's concealed. And then we take that meditation deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and understanding how, how, how distant we are from truly, from true godly revelation, as it is in the highest, highest spheres. That creates yearning, yearning in a neshama. Once you get a sense for the divine, one experiences a deep yearning. So love, as he brings a pasuk, nafshi ivisicha balayloi. My soul yearns for you at night. At night means as a result of concealments, as a result of you hiding, and Hashem being hidden, and Hashem being concealed. That's what creates nafshi ivisicha. I long for you because, of, because you're dark, because, because I'm in the dark, because I don't experience you. Fear, on the other hand, comes from feeling when you sense, when you come close to something which is big and great and truly awesome, then when you feel how imminent it is and how, how close it is, it, it causes a, 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 a contraction. So, so it comes from, in terms of our relationship with Hashem, a person is meditating, not on, he's meditating on, Hashem's, on Hashem being here. And even though we said just now that Hashem is not present or revealed down here. So is Hashem here or Hashem not here? And the answer is, depends what we're talking about, as he explained last week. If we're talking about the mamalical almond, godly, as God fills creation with his light, when a person meditates on the mamalical almond, how God fills all worlds with his light, that means divine revelation. You're meditating on godly revelation, how God reveals himself into the creation then one has got to come to the conclusion of how far and removed we are. Because worlds evolve, and as the world evolves, the dimmer, the dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, God's revelation becomes. That's when we're dealing with God's revelation into the creation. But when we're dealing with God Himself, that which is not possible for it to be revealed, in the words of the Zohar, the encompassing infinite light, the infinite energy of God, that is higher than the creation. That's called the supernal darkness because it's beyond revelation. That is everywhere. There is no difference between down here in our physical world and the spiritual worlds and even higher and higher and higher. Even the most sublime worlds are not any closer 
than the physical. And when one realizes that, that Hashem has not moved away when He created the world, and just like He filled all space before He began to create the world, so too He fills all space after He created the world, and the space of the creation, God is really there. So even though we're talking about dark, so we're talking about darkness, not about light, and when you have suddenly the recognition that Hashem is really here, that casts a fear. Hashem's light is not here. Hashem Himself is here. So when I'm meditating on Hashem Himself, then, well, I don't want to use the word Hashem Himself because that's the chiddush of the next stage. Let's rather call it the sovev kalalman, the infinite, infinite emanation of God's energy. That is everywhere because the orin seif has not been removed in the process of creation. It's just that it's so, why don't we feel it? Because it's too intense for us to feel. So it's, in as, it's, to us it's as if it doesn't exist, even though it's influencing and very strongly empowering the world's, it's, it's, it's willing the world's into existence. Yet, right, but when, when someone realizes that, that causes fear. So love and fear are two opposite experiences. Both the nature of them themselves are different and they come from a different form of a meditation. And we can't have them together. Either you meditate on one or you meditate on the other. Yet he says, the Pasuk says, Vahafta es Hashem Elokecha. Vahafta es Hashem Elokecha means, what's the word es? I mean, we learned last week. What does the word es come to add? So we learned last week, it's coming to be marbet, it's coming to include something. Vahafta, that in you love, you should also have fear. Es means fear. Not only love, but combine your love with fear. Have the fear integrated and assimilated into the love. Don't allow your heart to experience only love of Hashem. Have a mixture of love and fear being simultaneously experienced together. That's the commandment. But the problem is, how is that possible? Two opposite feelings. How can you say that the two should come together? So therefore we learned that this, that the two of them remain separated is only when we are connecting to God from within our own faculties. When we are connecting to Hashem from within our own faculties, so then it's either or. From one type of a meditation, we will experience love. From another form of a meditation, and another form of cognition of the divine, we will experience fear. When it's coming from us, us apprehending the divine. Now, interesting, we can apprehend divine either through our, as we said earlier, either through thinking about the mamala kalalman, God's light that fills the world, and then we understand how, how we don't have godly revelation and stimulates love, or we can meditate on God's omnipotence, Him being everywhere and omnipresent, that He's everywhere, and therefore get, gets, get, uh, become afraid. These two experiences are also related to two different powers of the soul. The power of Chachma and the power of Bina. Bina is the more grasping side of the, of, the, of the intellectual faculties. In Bina you grasp a concept. You understand the concept. So Bina is able to meditate only in that dimension of the divine that is graspable. And that is what? That is the Mamalek It's the indwelling light of God. Bina can explore the mamale, can look into all the aspects of creation, and from there extrapolate the divine energy that's creating it. Manna. So as a result of the Bina, 
Remember, when we meditate on the Mamalukal Alman, we come to love. Bina is the source of love. As we know, Bina is the mother in the soul. You have the two intellectual faculties are called father and mother. So Chachma is father, Bina is mother. And we know that mother creates, is responsible for the, for, for the son, father is creating daughter. As we learned last week. There is a cross in the birth of children. It's female energy is, is responsible for the creation of male offspring. Ma- male energy is responsible for female offspring. So which, which means, in other words, our chachma in our neshama, which can go beyond the mamale The chachma doesn't have to remain in the mamale, because chachma doesn't have to grasp. Chachma can stand and just, pres- chachma looks out like looking out of a window. It's just gazing. Chachma is not understanding. Chachma is experiencing without understanding. So Chachma can touch the infinite. When Chachma touches the infinite, what happens? It brings fear. So Chachma, which is the father, creates the daughter. Fear is called the daughter, related to the woman. Isha Yiras Hashem. The woman fears God. It's a feminine emotion, fear. Chach Abina, which is the mother in the intellect, she's responsible for the son. She creates the mother, um, the mother which is the Bina, the mother which is the Bina, a, a Bina meditation, a Bina, a Bina kind of meditation, which is more about comprehending, understanding, um, absorbing, that um, is responsible to, okay, that, that touches the mamalikal almond, and that, fe- again, over there you feel the longing, the distance and the longing. Chachma and Bina, okay? So as long as you're reaching out to God from within, you're creating your own emotions from your Chachma and from your Bina, then it's one of the two, either Chachma or Bina, either love or fear. The mitzvah love God your God, which is a mitzvah to combine the love with the fear, according to the Zohar. He brought from the Zohar. To integrate the left into the right. We said earlier, to merge the fear and the love. How do you do that? You have to reach within your soul. That doesn't come from within your neshama. That comes from divine revelation. In other words, when God Himself, when God Himself, as, as amazing, as, as impossible as that sounds, when God Himself reveals Himself to your neshama, as we're going to see, then that experience, that, that, that um, experience results in a, in a unification of the chachma and the bina faculties, and then as a result of that, the love and the fear converge, converge together. The love and fear come together as a result of the Chachm and Bina coming together, and Chachm and Bina come together when there is what we call in, in the Kabbalistic terminology, his Galus HaKeser. When Keser is revealed, when God Himself is revealed. Now we remember we learned last week, that's the concept of, in davening we say, HaKel HaGadol, God is manifesting as great, HaGibor, Givura, 
but that's chesed and gevura. Or gadol is related more to chachma, and gibar is related more to bina. Each the two the two sides. But then there is the third one. We say vahanora. Vahanora and the awesome one. What's the awesome one? The awesome one is something beyond godly godly attributes. Gadol and Gibor are divine attributes, godly revelations. Amala Kalalman, Soldiv Kalalman, whatever you want to, right? But there is Vahanora and the Awesome One. When God Himself reveals Himself upon the person, that causes such a nullification within the soul that one loses any sense of self completely. And at that moment, the opposite emotions that a person has, even though by, very, by their nature, by the character of these emotions, they clash with each other. But when there is a revelation of the Hanoira, which is God Himself, the bittal is so intense and so deep that the opposite emotions come together and the person doesn't even realize that he's experiencing the opposites. He's able to experience love and fear at the same time. He's loving and silent and at the same time he's overtaken by fear and inside of his heart he's jumping from joy. The joy and the fear together. The, 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 how can that happen? It can only be when there is even a deeper... The bittal is coming from the experience. And he, learn, and he explains that the idea of v'hanoira kel elyon. Kel elyon means exalted God. That's referring to Hashem Himself, not the Mamala Kalama, because we learn in, 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 in many times, we learned in the Maimarim over here, that there's three levels in divine manifestation. One is Mamala Kalama. Hashem fills the world with an energy that is, adapt, that is adjusted to every creature and every being. Then there is the Soviv Kalam and Hashem encompassing the world with His infinite light. But even that is already a relationship to the world. He's encompassing the worlds. And then there is God Almighty Himself. As He can't be, the, he can't be related to in any way, neither He's filling the worlds, neither is He encompassing the worlds. He just is. And that's called Kel Elyon, the Exalted One. Now, Kel Elyon is steam of the cold steam, and it's hidden from, all, from, from even what is hidden. So Kel Elyon is it as it is. In order for that to reveal itself in the world, that's called Vehanora. Vehanora is when Kel Elyon, I just want to distinguish between Kel Elyon and Vehanora. When Kel Elyon, when God Himself appears and reveals Himself, that's called Nora, that's awesome. That casts a divine fear, a godly bittal upon. That's called noira. It's just total nullification. Where one loses any complete, any sense of self. Completely nullified. And the mixture of emotions can happen. Now, from Kale Elyon, there should be Nora. So what's the difference between Kale Elyon? Kale Elyon and Nora is the same idea. It's just that Kale Elyon is when the le- is God as he is. But the king himself, as he is sitting in his room, closed off and no one knows him. The Hanoira is when he walks out and appears. That's when he's Vahanoira. So there's really, we should say something like this. Yeah, not going to say, because it's going to confuse. But second cup, right? We're supposed to have four cups. No, just kidding. The difference of Kale Elyon and Hanoira. The king as he is in privacy is Kel Elyon. 
when the king comes out and appears, that's Noira, and that's where there is a Vav. Remember we said that only by the word Hagadol, Hagibar, Vehanoira, and the awesome one. Why? Because there has to be a Hamshacha. Vav is a Hamshacha. Hamshacha means a drawing down of the awesome one. When that happens, when Vahanoira is revealed, what does that cause? A unification of love and fear. As we said earlier. Like we say, Hashem makes peace. This, this idea is called peace. That's why Hashem is called Melech Shalom Shaloi, the king whose peace is to him. This is the ultimate peacemaking. It being the two opposite forces of existence. A theme that we've been learning reoccurring in the last few Mamarim that we learned. Heichaltsu we learned. The Mimer we learned. We spoke about this last week. The convergence of Chachman Bina. The convergence is all as a result of the Hezgalos of Keser. Right? And um, what does that do? And remember we learned last week. That's the concept of Akedas Yitzchak. What was Akedas Yitzchak? I'm just going to remind, just going to refresh everybody's memory to where we're holding now. And that's the idea of Akedas Yitzchak. Akedas Yitzchak is to take, according to the Zohar, you're taking Yitzchak, which is fear, and you're connecting him. Avram is bonding him, is tying Yitzchak up, which means Yitzchak becomes attached to Avram. Avram and Yitzchak are two opposite feelings. Avram is loving, serves Hashem with love. Yitzchak serves Hashem with Yitzchak serves Hashem with fear. After the Akedas Yitzchak, Hashem tells Avram, Now I know that you fear God. Only now do I know that you fear. Avram is the man of love. Ooh, because Avram and Yitzchak were attached. By Akedas Yitzchak was the Hizgalos of Vehanoira and the Awesome One. And it, brought, and it brought Avram and Yitzchak together. And that's the reason, and that's the reason we said last week, when he, Avram takes Yitzchak, and he picks him up, how can Avram and Yitzchak bound, bind together? Avram takes Yitzchak and he puts him above the wood. Mimal le'etzim, above the wood. Simply it means he has wood on the altar and he puts him on top. But according to the deeper Hasidic interpre- interpretation of this, etzim, we learned last week, is referring to the etzadas, the tree of knowledge, and the etzachayim, the tree of life. So mystically, I don't want to go through this all because you can listen to last week's share. It was actually uploaded today. Um, the Eitzadas, Eitzachayim is Chachma. Eitzadas is, is um, lower, whether it's Bina or whatever. But it's, um, when one's connection to God is limited to Chachma, and downward, from Chachma and onward, then Avram and Yitzchak remain on two separate sides. Avram is Avram and Yitzchak is Yitzchak. There isn't a, a, a unification. However, when you pick Yitzchak up, above the eights, even higher than the highest eights. The highest eights is the eights Achayim, but eights is Malosh and is Chachma. You go higher than Chachma and you reach the Keser himself, Remember last week we said also the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Meraglim, go check if in Eretz Yisrael, Hayesh Ba'etz, is there a tree? Im Ayin, if not. What does it mean, Im Ayin, if not? It means, is the revelation in the land of Israel only from Chachma? Im Yesh Ba'etz, is it only coming from the Eitz Achayim? 
Im ayin, or is an Eretz Yisrael, there a revelation of ayin, that which is Chachmas called yesh me ayin, from nothingness, the infinite, the keser, God himself. So Avram picks Yitzchak up to the level of ayin. And when you're in a state of ayin, you become ayin. And when you become ayin, opposites can converge. In somethingness, opposites clash. In nothingness, there is no, there's no contradictions. When there is ayin and bitl. How does that manifest in the soul? We learned last week. It manifests in the soul in, in, in the idea when it says in the Pasuk, it says, uh, All hearts will fear you. And all innards, and kidneys, will sing to your name. What does that mean? All hearts will fear you and kidneys will sing. Kidneys and in, the insides, the intestines and the kidneys will sing to your name. So the Alter Rebbe sees this Pasuk to talk about a simultaneous experience of love and fear. Externally on the outside, the person is feeling intense fear of Hashem. He's feeling Yiras Hashem, fear of God. He's overtaken by God's majesty and power. And he's trembling in awe. But deep inside, deeper than the heart, as he says later, the pnimius alev, the inner inner point of the heart, or as he's learning now, the kidneys and the and the and the and the and the um, and the intestines, the the inside, which is even further in. Over there, there is inside. He's full of love. He's singing. He's excited, even though he's overtaken by fear. According to the Alter Rebbe, this is a much deeper experience, way above, much higher than when you're just feeling love or when you're just feeling fear. This ability to be able to be so, so overwhelmed by God that you don't, you, don't, you don't even know that you exist. And at that point you have this silent. They're both, they're both so benign, they're both so silent, but they're both there. Excitement and fear at the same time. Remember we spoke in the last two weeks, that's the Kiyashai for a moment, something like that. This intense, these two things to come together comes from the revelation of Vehanoira, Kelelion. And according to the Alter Rebbe, this is the ultimate state of which a Jew is supposed to strive for and live his entire life in this union. Because now this is, this is a truly divine experience. Other thing is still, you're still a human experience. You as a human being are experiencing Hashem. Through your chachma, through your bina, with love or with fear. But the convergence of love and fear together is purely divine. As we learned in the other mimer, that's called the tzion. Tzion b'mishpatipada, that's the tzion. The inner core of the neshama to receive the Abishter himself. And when tzion is experienced, you have avavayira together. The ultimate state. Now, in the beginning of the mimer, interesting, I just want to distinguish one thing. In the early part of the mimer, the Alter Rebbe, now this can happen in two ways. And that's the difference between the beginning of the Mimer and the end of the Mimer. In the beginning of the Mimer, the Alter Rebbe is talking about having fear, I'm sorry, having love as the dominant emotion. And having inside the love a certain fear. Inside the love, the panemius, inside, hidden in the love there is a fear. But externally what is visible is the love, the excitement, the passion. 
That's the, that's, and that's called the ahafta s. That you should integrate the s, the fear, into the vahafta, into the love. That's what he talks about earlier in the Mimer. And now, in the, this part, he's talking about the, that's called Yitzchak being integrated into Avram. Meaning, primarily, it's experience of love. Internally, silently, there is a fear. That's where Yitzchak is inside. Yitzchak is embedded in Avram. But the experience that he's talking about now, in the end, was the, uh, in this that the Pasuk exp- expresses, and all hearts will fear you. And the insides will sing. The insides will sing and the outside will be afraid. That's the opposite. That is Avram embedded in Yitzchak. Externally is Yitzchak. Fear. Internally is Avram. That's the, the experience of Vigilu Bira'ada. And tremble and tremble. You know what the experience is? You know when we can imagine this experience? When we will open our eyes that on that very day, very, very close, very, very close. You know, Mashiach will come, there will be a sound of a chauffeur, we will, I don't, I, can't, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but one thing I could imagine, that at that moment when we see the third Beit Samikdash, with all of its divine light, and with all of its godliness, and we're all standing there in front of the third Beit Samikdash, and you hear the angels singing, and you see the awesome power and majesty of God as it fully unfolds for the entire universe to see. What kind of feeling is that going to be? Overpowerfully fear, tremendous fear. But what kind of deep song will be inside that fear? Uh, an unbelievable song. That's Gilu Berada, as that moment will happen. But the Alter Rebbe says, why do we have to wait for the third base on Migdash to unfold in front of our eyes? This is where a Jew is supposed to be living in all of his Judaism, in this godly experience of the Hanoira, of the awesome one being revealed in your life. Now, Vihine, well, it's we're holding Siv Gimel. That's what we were holding. Vihine, Gilui Simchezu Bepoyel. Now, this, this, this experience, love and fear together, where, where does it actualize itself? When is a person supposed to have in his day? When is he supposed to experience this moment of Gilui Berada? He says primarily this is the Simcha Shal Mitzvah. Simcha Shal Mitzvah means joy when you're doing a mitzvah. So simply, you think it's frivolous joy. According to the Alter Rebbe, when you're doing a mitzvah, when you're doing a mitzvah, the dominant force in a person doing a mitzvah is you're having an encounter with God Himself. A mitzvah has to be done with great seriousness, not frivolousness and, you know, just being crazy. Because it's a mitzvah. You're engaged in a mitzvah. There's a, a strong seriousness, but inside of your heart, your heart is exploding with joy that you're standing and doing a mitzvah. Because the, in, in, the mitzvah is, the, is, the, is that moment with the two, because like this, why not prayer or something else? See, in prayer, it's you seeking God. You're still living in your world, you're seeking God. You're using your chachma, you're using your bina. So it depends on the prayer. Sometimes your prayer is going to be more a, a chachma digger prayer and then it's going to evoke the feminine emotion, which is fear. 
Sometimes your prayer is going to be more of a bina diga, a bina, a understanding meditation, which is going to lead you to a male emotion, which is love. So one of the two, because you're still, you're, you're coming, you're still within your own space. And you're reaching from within your own space to know the divine. But God has not yet revealed himself. In the mitzvah, God is revealing himself. The mitzvah is Hashem himself. He's going to develop this idea. We spoke about it on the Monday night class as well. Mitzvah I, the very eye of God being revealed in a mitzvah. 613 mitzvahs plus 7 rabbinic mitzvahs is 620 is gematria keser. Mitzvahs emanate from the keser. So therefore, because a mitzvah is coming from the kesser, from the crown, when we have that experience, we can have the convergence of love and fear together, translating into the simcha when you're doing a mitzvah. What kind of simcha, what kind of joy is there in a mitzvah? The joy of a mitzvah is a mitzvah which out, which is what we learned earlier, the kerev uchloyos yizamru l'shmecha. The innards are singing but the heart is pounding with fear. There's a fear in the mitzvah. Inside is filled with love. Avram is embedded in Yitzchak, in, in, in mitzvah, in a mitzvah observance. And that's what he's saying. The revelation of this simcha, in actuality, mamish, in the literal, is the simcha of mitzvah. Like it says... As a result that you did not serve God with simcha, with joy and with gladness of heart. Now, I think, where do you see over here? Okay, you see that you have to be besimcha when you do a mitzvah. But I think the idea that simcha together with fear is avadatas Hashem alokecha. Avadata is serving like a servant. Avadatah means Eved. And Eved is in a state of fear of his master. But yet, there is that great thrill and enjoyment and happiness that I'm, that I'm doing this mitzvah. Now, what... Why, now, the Pasuk is not just telling you what you should experience. The Pasuk is also telling you the, the method of how to experience this. How do you experience simcha and avoida at the same time? Avoida, which is bitter fear, and simcha and joy at the same time. That's because you should have met it. That comes as a result of the understanding that made roiv koil, that mitzvahs are more than everything. What does it mean, made roiv koil more than everything? When you're doing a mitzvah, you have more than everything. What's the idea? Koil is 50, Chaf Lamed, 50. 50 represents the, the 50 gates of Bina. 50 ba- gates of Bina is the source for all godly revelation in all the spiritual worlds. Gan Eden, for instance. That's a place where people know Hashem, know godliness. That's what Gan Eden is all about. Gan Eden is the pleasure of the soul in knowing, in knowing the divine. How much of the divine can someone know? What can a person know? We can't know God. We can know and grasp and understand only a ray of Hashem. And those rays come from Bina. Bina is grasping. We said earlier, Mamala Kalalman. Bina only relates to the Mamali, the indwelling light of Hashem. 
So a person recognizes that mitzvah is more than kol, more than all the revelation that there is in all spiritual worlds put together. From the beginning to the end, all the revelation that there is in the entire Seder Ishtalshalus, in the entire order of creation, it's only a ray of God. It's not Hashem Himself. In the mitzvah, it's the Abishter Himself. That's what He's going to develop on Noichi. When you reckon, and that's why, since it's God Himself, and from God Himself, it's Oise Shalom Bimroimov, Hashem makes peace between Michal and Gabriel. More than everything. Why? Because the Simcha, Himachmas, is coming from the idea Asher Kiddishanu Bimitzvah that through a mitzvah we touch God's kedusha. What's kedusha? Kedusha means transcendence, true transcendence. Hashem, as He truly is, not as He is manifesting in the world, even beyond beyond the mamala kalalman, and even beyond the seviv kalalman. In the mitzvah is connecting us to real kedusha, to the real essence of the Ebishter. Asher kedishanu b'mitzvah What does b'mitzvah mean? Bekoidesh ha'elyon and the supernal holiness, the level called kel elyon. You hear the words kodesh ha'elyon, that which is called kel elyon. V'zeu inyan, and this is the idea of birches ha'mitzvahs. This is the idea that we make we make the bracha before we do a mitzvah. What we're saying is baruch ata. I'm drawing down ato you havaya Hashem himself pidish shemavakshim. We're when we're making the blessing, we're asking, we're petitioning liyos baruch that it should be blessed v'nimshach melmaila maila meishtalshelus that Hashem himself should reveal upon himself upon in the world and upon our soul. Now what the request is and the the chiddush? What's the novelty? The novelty is that God is not coming through the ordinary system. There is a system in which Hashem created the world, in which He Himself stays up there, and then He has His encompassing light that is encompassing the world. That means it has already some kind of a relationship, some kind of a touching, it's touching the world. And then, then He contracts His light in to an infinite degree, and he gives a little bit of adjusted light into the creation. That's called ishtalshalus, progression, as godliness progresses and it makes its way down into the creation. You never have a revelation of God himself that doesn't happen in creation. But in mitzvahs it does happen. And that's what it means. V'nimshach melmaila maila mehishtalshalus, above, above the entire progression of worlds, where do you see this association? That Baruch, where do you see that a Baruch, a Baruch Ata Hashem, is reaching the Abishter as he is and from there drawing down? So he says, because by, by Avram Avinu, it says, we, we learned that Pasuk last week, Baruch Avram Lekel Elyon. That's what um, shame said. Malkit Tzedek, the king Tzedek, shame when he came out after Avram fought against the four kings. He came out and he said, Baruch Avram, that Avram should be blessed, Lekel Elyon, to the supernal king. So the Zohar says that Baruch Avram, the idea of Baruch Avram is the same of Baruch Atta. It's the same idea of Baruch Atta Hashem. So that means that whatever, Av- whatever Baruch Avram, Lekel Elyon means, that's what Baruch Atta Hashem Elekeinu means. What does Baruch Atah Lekel Elyon mean? That Avram Avinu is able to be Mamshech Kel Elyon, God as he is above, Keser, that's what Kel Elyon means, we learned it last week, and that's why Avram Avinu is able to pick up Yitzchak to Kel Elyon, 
because he's touching Kale Elyon. So he was able to pick up Yitzchak, Mimala, Eitzim, above the wood, as we learned before, above the two trees. So just like Barach Avram, the Kale Elyon means that, so to the Zohar is saying, every bracha, Barach Atahavaya, is also Atta, the Kale Elyon, that, the Kale Elyon, Avaya, Lekeinu, Ayin Shem. The loike pirish on Migdash Melech Sham, which I don't know what the Migdash Melech pirish is. So now the Alter Rebbe is going to develop the, the difference. See, when the Eibish, the Alter is differentiating between God creating the world and God, and God giving us mitzvahs. When he creates the world, he creates it in a manner in which he keeps himself outside of it. The hamshacha of the shtalshulus, of the ordinary progression of the divine into the world, from cause to cause, until God manifests himself as the king of the universe. And your kingship is the kingship of all worlds. To bring into beingness. And to enliven the world. That's only coming from God's kingship. That's only his name. It's only a ray. Like we learned so many times that a king himself, kingship is not, a king himself doesn't, 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 the essence of the king is not all over the country. It's only his name. They're building a bridge in the name of the king. They're doing the building, of, they're making a road in the name of the king. They're doing this, whatever the king's his, his influence is his name, it's not his essence. As they say, only shame bovad. Shalafisha nikrashmoi, because his name is called upon them, umachusayalem and his kingship upon them, hem chaim vekayamim. By God, because God says that, that because God calls this world his empire, that itself gives it its existence, its power. His name, he calls his name upon it, but it's only his name, not his essence. Hem chayim vekayamim, they're alive and they're sustained. Vuhubchen it's only a radiance, it's only a ray of him. But in mitzvahs, you have sanctified us with the supernal holiness. You have that which is above the entire above the entire progression. From the sovev, the sovev kalaman itself, that's what we're connecting to. And when he says sovev over here, he means not what we generally call soyev. It means atmos. It seems, it's clear from earlier, it means the God himself, not the expression of soyev. Um, and that's in mitzvahs. And the, and the angels ask, how do we know that the Abishter himself, God himself, is present in mitzvahs down here? Because we know that the malachim ask, where is his space of his, of his majesty, of his kingdom? And what do they say? And they answer. They say, that God's glory is down here. That's referring to God himself. Why? Because in mitzvahs, he descends down here. In this lowly world. Because the Torah and the mitzvahs that are done in the physical world, in, in which the Abishter, the, the, the Torah and mitzvahs that are enclosed in physical, physical activities, their foundation, 
in the supernal mountains of holiness, in the supernal peaks of holiness. They are rooted in the deepest and the deep and the highest of the high. Far, far above of the usual progression of worlds. And the Torah and Mitzvahs become a seat, a seat where Hashem Himself, not His kingship, but Hashem Himself sits down. Umachoin and a and a, a machoin means a, a foundation, a place. Mamish l'shifto yizbarach, where the Abishter himself can sit. Hasayviv kolalmin, the one that encompasses all worlds. The lace machshavet fisabei, that aspect of God that no thought can grasp. Kiim, that means there's no way to reach this kiim kashat fisabetayra mitzvus. Only when we take hold of him. Through Torah and mitzvahs, we could grasp God's very self, Chulu. And on this, oh, so now, when one realizes that mitzvahs are more, that a mitzvah is more than, than all the godly revelation in all the worlds, what does this do to a person? What did we say earlier? The Isgalus of Keser, the revelation of Keser is so powerful. And this is through a mitzvah, that what happens, it enables the two faculties, the two opposite powers of the neshama to converge together. The chachma and the bina and the chesed and gavura that result from it. Chachma and the bina, which mentally are two opposite uh, uh, um, powers, and emotionally the chesed and gavura, the love and the fear, which are two opposites, they two come together. The Avram and the Yitzchak converge when we pick them up, mimala eitzim, above the, the eitzim. And in a mitzvah, we're going beyond the tree. We're going even higher than the etzachayim, and the tree of life. Valzen etztaveinu, and that's why we were commanded, vahafta es. You should love es, and what did we say means vahafta es? Connect the vahafta to the es. Es is fear, we learned last week. Because es means, es always means a tuffle, a secondary thing. So we learned last week, when it says es pesaroi, it's flesh, it means something that's secondary to the flesh, which is the hide. S, this, whenever there's an S, it means something that's... So S, when, when a, in fear, a person feels secondary, small, insignificant. And here the Torah is saying, Vahafta S. So, see, till now we were learning, here the Altadabah flips around the Vahafta S. Early we were learning that the Vahafta S means include the fear into the love. Bring, in, bring Yitzchak into Avram Avinu. Now the Alter Deb is learning vahafta s in loving the ahafta, in loving the s, in love the s. Inject the love into the fear, the ahafta s in your s experience. What's your s experience? Your fear of God. So the fear of God can be without love. When is the fear of God without love? When you are conscious that you're fearing. Yeah. When a person is still con, when a person fears God very intensely and they're trembling, but they're conscious that they're fearing Hashem, how can I feel love? I'm fearing. But when the fear is, but when you're experiencing God Himself, so the fear itself is so, is the fear is so, is so, um, the fear is so, um, so humble. The fear itself is humble. The fear itself is so, I don't got the right word, I lost it now. It's so silent. It's a silent fear because you don't, even, you don't even know that you're there in the fear. 
then you can feel the love at the same time. Then it's not blocking the love. So vahafta s bring love into the s into the fear, meaning koloimar shetam shechmidas ava. You should draw the love, vahasimcha, and the joy bepchenas s into the s. What's the s? Hatafel is in the experience of tafel of secondariness. Humidas ayira, which is the entity of fear, vahabitel and the bitel. Vizehu, and this is the meaning of esavaya lekecha vahafta. Oh, good. Now, how are you going to have the vahafta and the s come together? Well, vahafta s Hashem elokecha. What does that mean? Kloimar lefishu elokecha lenoichach, because havaya is elokecha is revealed in you. Elokecha means it's your power. What's your power? Havaya, havaya over here referring to Hashem Himself. Havaya, the Eibushter Himself. Is Elokecha is inside of you. How is he inside of you? The Pasik is going to explain later as a result of you doing mitzvahs. That's why the next Pasik is, Since the mitzvahs come from Anoichi itself, that makes that Havaya should be able to be Elokecha, your God. And then as a result of that, you can have the combination of Ahafta S. That the Vahafta and the S go together. As above. So how is this actualized? In the fulfillment of these, these words. When I am commanding you today. What does it mean? Hayoim means only in our days. Only in the, in, the, in the relatively short period when our souls are inside our body and we are, when we're in the physical world and we have the opportunity to do mitzvahs, dafka over here is when we can touch and connect to anochi, to the source of the mitzvahs, which is the keser, the crown, or the essence of God Himself. Nimshach gilu anochi. It draws down the revelation of Anoichi. And not just a ray. Which is only a name of God. God himself. God is commanding you. Commanding meaning he's, a, he's bonding with you. He's attaching himself with you. In the mitzvahs of God. This is a revelation in your neshama of God's very essence and very substance. Bitarach amude oir in the 620 pillars of light. The Zohar calls the mitzvahs, the 613 mitzvahs plus seven rabbinic mitzvahs, together it's 620. So the Zohar says that the, the 620 are 620 pillars of light. Why they're called a pillar? What's a pillar? A pillar, like we have pillars over here. They go from the floor and they go to the roof. And if you have a and if you have a thirty-story building, you can have pillars, metal beams that go through all the thirty floors, from the the bottom, from the ground, from deep in the foundation, all the way up to the to the to the, to the top of the skyscraper, all the way up to the what's the top floor called? Uh, the penthouse. Yeah, all the way up to the penthouse. The same. That's what the pillars are. A mitzvah is that. The very same pillar that's reaching into the essence of God Himself is reaching down into the most physical, into the most into the physicality. 
A person's body is connecting to the essence of God in the doing of a mitzvah. So that's why it's called pillars of light. 620 gematria keser. It's the keser that comes down. Hanem shochem betaryag mitzvahs that are drawn in the 613 biblical mitzvahs. V'zayim mitzvahs derabona. And seven rabbinic commands. What? Yeah. Because that's right. V'dibar tabam. So... So, and that's what mitzvahs are. So therefore, in the mitzvah, as a connection, where your love and your fear, what the Rebbe is saying, what you see the Alter Rebbe is, is, is introducing in this mimer, is where your love and, the, and your fear ascend from their human, from their human limited and, 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 def, and defined state into the infinite divine and therefore undefined state. They, they lose their limitations. And one's love and fear become completely godly. And you can have then fear and joy at the same time. And that's what the Pasik is saying. So again, how are you going to have, let's read this Shema now. How can you have the love, ace, into the fear? Hashem Elokecha, that's because God Himself is your God, is manifesting inside of you. How is God Himself manifesting inside of you? In what? When these words, that are emanating from me myself, God says, which I am bonding with you, only today's days when you're alive in a physical body in this world. So as a result of that, you can have the love and the fear converge together because you can, your heart is filled with divinity. It's not filled with human emotions. It's filled with godly, with Hashem Himself, converging the opposites. Then what? Vidibar Tabami continues, we'll speak in them. When you're sitting in your house. What does it mean you will speak in them when you're sitting in your house? That's referring to Torah study. Where behold it says, in the Pasuk, and it's interesting that he's bringing this pasuk because the mimer is Parshas Veschanon mimer, and the haftorah of Parshas Veschanon is Nachamu Nachamu, last week's Shabbos. And the third pasuk, I think, third or fourth pasuk, in the haftorah of Nachamu Nachamu Ami, is this pasuk. Koil koire bamidbar. A voice is calling out in the desert. Panu derech Hashem. Clear the way for God. There is a, a voice calling out in the desert. So the Altareb is learning that Pasuk. It says, so when it says, you should speak in them, it means because when you're speaking in the words of Torah, you're actually speaking with a, you're making a divine announcement. God is speaking through you, and suddenly God's voice is heard in the world, which means, a voice is heard in the midbar. It's the sound of the Torah. This is the voice of Jacob, the voice of Yaakov. Which nimshach, and it's being it's calling out. What's the chiddush? The chiddush is that this supernal godly voice is not thundering somewhere above there, above the seventh heaven. No, in the desert. What's the desert? The desert is the lowest tier, the lowest state of creation, which is the physical world. Which, as we learned earlier in the Maimer, is called the midbar because it's a place of so desolate. It's a place so empty, a place where there is no godly revelation. See, this is the craziness about this world. 
On the one hand, it's, the, it's a place so full of klipa, so full of darkness, that there's not a trace of the divine light. As we spoke earlier, that's why we thirst so much for godliness down here. But on the other hand, this very place in the physical world is a place where you can experience Hashem more than you can experience in the greatest heavens, because over here you can learn Torah and do a mitzvah. So koil koire, the sound of the Abishter's voice, coming through the mouth of the Jew that's learning Torah, is a midbar. It's the Abishter's voice reaching, thundering down in the desert. Ushamama, and in the wilderness, which is our physical world. And what is it saying? Panu derech Hashem. Panu derech, open up. Open up a way for God. Open up a road. The Yavai Melech the king is coming as a result. It's a place for the divine to manifest. God is coming down into this world. And this is all. So, what's the difference between mitzvahs and Torah? What's the difference between mitzvahs and Torah? I think, again, it seems it's mashma from the Maimer. We said earlier that, that this idea, this, this level of Hashem Himself, is hinted to in two words in Davening. Kel Elyon and Vahanora. What's the difference between Kel Elyon and Vahanora? Kel Elyon is the Keser as it is up there, as it is in a hidden steam of the Kolstimen state, hidden, be, completely in a hidden from all hidden. Elyon, that's what Elyon means, up there, in a state of total transcendence. Vahanora is that transcendental level reveals itself and that's when it's that's when it's awe striking that's when it casts a fear that's when it causes a tremble and a fear because the to reveals himself how does from kale elyon reveal itself through a vav vehanora vav is the drawing down that kale elyon that the king opens up the door and he and he walks out that's what we want vehanora and that's the difference between mitzvah and torah Mitzvah is the keser itself, the crown itself, but it's not so revealed. Through Torah, Torah is the vav, hakoil koil yakov, the word kol kol is with a vav, the second one of the koil. It's the shacha of the vav, of the hanoira, to bring the kel elyon into a state of manifestation and revelation. So it's the giloy, it's the revelation of the mitzvah. So that's what it's saying, vizel in yanam shachas. You're drawing the vav to create noira awesomeness from the exalted where it is above and hidden and removed. And therefore the sages say, So it's almost like in the mitzvah you're touching the crown itself, but you're not really aware of what you're touching. When you're learning Torah, it causes more of a sensitivity, more of an openness, and a drawing down above of that, it reaches the midbar. But in both of them, in mitzvahs and in Torah, we have that God Himself is commanding us. And when we have an encounter with God Himself, it causes such a deep bittle in the nefesh that you're able to converge your fear and your love together. That it's not isolated experiences. Because you're so not there, you're so bottle, that you can have fear and awe and love and joy at the same time. Because you don't feel, you don't even feel that you're fearing. 
or you don't even feel that you're loving. It's such a pure fear and love that they can both be together. And that's the meaning of Vahafta S. Join the love and the fear together. Vahafta is love and S is fear, as we learned earlier. And that's why the sages say, It is better one hour in tshuva and repentance and good deeds in this world. Mikol, going back to the word kol, Mikol chaye, from all the godly experiences of Olam above, the, of the spiritual worlds, because the spiritual worlds don't touch the Anoichi. The spiritual worlds are only, pre, they only are privy to what? To God's light, not to God's essence. Ki Olam above, because Olam above, and it's an intrinsic, in other words, the very nature of Olam Abba doesn't allow them to experience the Abishtha's essence because Olam Abba is all about enjoyment. It's all about understanding. It's all about seichel, the, the grasping of the divine. And grasping, you can only grasp his light. You can't grasp. God is not graspable. Since Olam Abba is all about understanding, the seichel nivra, and it's the seichel of a creation, of a creation. It's the, it's the intelligence of the souls the intellect of the of the of the creatures, malachim, neshamas, understanding, to delight, v'nehena and enjoy, ziv. That's only a ray. ziv When you do a mitzvah, you're having an encounter with God Himself. Now, when you have an encounter with God, that emanates a lot of sparks and a lot of light. The sparks. That's what you go after 120 when you go to Gan Eden. And your soul soars in Gan Eden for a long time, maybe even. People who died 3,000 years ago. Their souls are in Gan Eden for thousands of years. Higher and higher. They're only experiencing, so to speak, the sparks of the mitzvah. Not the mitzvah itself. Only the rays of the mitzvah. That's why it says that, schar mitzvah mitzvah, the reward of the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. It's the shine of the mitzvah, but not the mitzvah. The only moment you experience the mitzvah itself is when you're doing the mitzvah. Why? Because when you're doing the mitzvah, you're in a state of bittel. When you're, when you're in Gan Eden, you're not bittel. In Gan Eden, it's all about experience. Experience? You're limited by your very... Being that you need to experience, you're limited by the you. But in a mitzvah, it's surrender. It's surrendering to God, and then you can experience... Not experience, you can touch and connect and hug and embrace God Himself. Even though we're not... Even though we don't consciously feel it, but we can meditate on this that it's happening and when we meditate on this idea that this is happening we can we can have the effects of it we can somehow experience it not in an intellectual way but we can experience it and as a result of that have a true divine experience and therefore the convergence of love and fear together of the of the av and the year together valzet um which isn't the case. In this to- in, while a person is studying Torah, or while a person is doing a mitzvah, atzman itself, because in the fulfillment of the deed itself in this world, in actuality, it's only in them, it's drawn the revelation, of God's very self, Ba'atzmoi himself, and in all his glory, which is something that creatures are not able, able or capable of, of enjoying or experiencing. And that's the meaning of what Chazal say. 
and that's that's why we said earlier, as a result of you not serving God with joy, may rive coil by understanding that the mitzvah is more than everything, more than all the galuyim of Ganed. And this is what the sages say, then Anoichi, these two mitzvahs, the first two commandments of Daseris Adibris. Anoichi, I am God, your God. You shouldn't have any other gods besides me. So, which we know this is the this is the root of all mitzvahs, because Anochi is the root of all 248 positive mitzvahs, and Layilacha is the root of all hundred and three hundred and sixty-five prohibitive prohibitions. We heard it from the Almighty One. Why did Chazal use the term Gavura? From the Gavura. We heard it from the Gavura. From why they're referring to God as the Almighty One over here. Mepi Hashem Shamanu. Mepi HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shamanu. Why refer to God as Mepi HaGavura? And the answer is, he says, since mitzvahs are emanating from God's very essence Himself, in order for God's from His very essence to make contact with us and not destroy us, doesn't make any sense. In order for Hashem to create the cosmos, the worlds, all the universe, and all the spiritual worlds, He needed to hide Himself completely and only give a ray of 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 a ray, and even this they couldn't handle. And water the ray down so much, and only then can, can creations exist. To make contact with God Himself, which we do in a mitzvah, and to survive, how is it possible to survive? How is it possible to live through this? And we shouldn't be destroyed by it. And the answer is, when Hashem gave us the Torah, We heard it from the Almighty One. What is Gevura? Gevura means com- the, power to, the power to contract. Hashem's restraint. What does that mean? But this is a different kind of restraining. This is the Hashem's ability to compress Himself, to restrain Himself from overwhelming us in the encounter that we have when we do a mitzvah. In other words, we are touching fire itself. We are touching the essence of fire. I mean, we're touching God Himself. And yet we're not going to be burnt because the most intense, hottest fire is 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 is. In a, in a manner of, 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 of super, super control, super const- restraint, restraining those who are touching the fire from getting, restraining himself not to burn anybody that comes into contact with him. That takes enormous strength to be able to remain who you are and not completely burn us. That's the thing. He's not diluting it. That's the beauty. In creation, God diluted him, his energy and his light. In Torah, he doesn't dilute anything. He's just compressing, hiding its effect, not to burn us. And that's what Piha Gavura Shamanu. The Valzet Omenachli on Piha Gavura Shamanu. Shekam Mabchenes Gavurais. So many powers of restraint, Vitzim Tzumim and contractions. Henliyoz Gilui Zeh. Fashem to be able to have this Gilui. Shelbchenas Anoichi of the Anoichi himself. Betoiro Mitzvis. In Torah Mitzvis. That's what we learned a few weeks ago. That's why by the introduction. By Matan Torah, it doesn't say Vadaber Havaya, it says Vadaber Elokim. Elokim, the ultimate power of Tzimtzum, of Gevura, to be able to allow 
for such a deep revelation and not to destroy the world. It's above, it's giving us everything above the entire Ishtalshalos. He, he shrouds himself in darkness. The helm and concealment, the loy oil, and not light, the giloy. Giving us the essence of darkness, but doing it in a way that it's not going to destroy us. Now, now the Tzemach Tzedek adds in the Haggah over here. This idea of where the Alter Rebbe is developing over here, the most beautiful Jewish experience whether you have the convergence of the love and the fear together. This is true, real, the, the highest and deepest level of spirituality possible. The, 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 the convergence of, the, of the, um, the love and the fear as, as total one, not as two separate things. See, the Alter Rebbe says this in a mimer on Sukkot, a different mimer, and where he says that's the meaning of a sha'afta mayim besasin. Mayim, you should draw water with joy. Joy, sasain is fire. Joy causes you to be fired up. You're jumping. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a water is bittel. Water is nullification. Mayim is chachma. Chachma is bittel. What we're saying is, bring the bittel into the joy. You're singing and you're dancing simchas beisasheva in the beis hamikdash. You're exploding. It's sukkis. Chaga Sukkis is like, whoa, it's, the, it's joy, not Stam joy. It's the most intense simcha possible. Yet remember you're in the Beis Amigdash. And you're deep inside, you're trembling in awe in the midst of the great joy. Together, joy and, 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 and fear. Can't, I can't imagine like maybe by a Rebbe, like in front you're watching, you have the, you have the two opposite emotions, you have simcha and, you're, and he looks at you and you're, you're in fear, but you're so besimcha. Together. How can you have, you have to draw shaftemayim bisasoin into the joy, you bring the bittel. Same idea. Shanisachamayim um, bechag. That's why they did. So here's the interesting thing. They danced all night long. By Simchas Beis They danced. Explosive joy, which is the, right? Which is like love. Joy and love. And then in the end of the night, towards morning, they poured the water. Which means they poured the water, the bittel, into the joy. They're drawing down the supernal chachma into the bina. Yomtiv is what? Let's understand something. Yomtiv is what? It's a time of joy. And we know that yomtiv, every yomtiv, not Shabbos. Where do we have simcha from? Primarily from the bina. As it says in the Pasuk, Aim Habanim Semecha. The mother creates Simcha. Bina creates Simcha. And that's the difference between Shabbos and Yomtev. According to mystics, according to Kabbalah and Chasidis, Shabbos is Moichen the Abba, is the Moichen of Chachma. And that's why Shabbos has no mitzvah of Simcha. Shabbos is pleasure, but no Simcha. Yomtev is the mitzvah of Simcha, because Simcha comes from Bina. And according to Kabbalah and Chasidis, Bina energy is expansive on Yom Tif. Yom Tif is the time of a revelation of the attribute of Bina, great understanding, and that's why in Yom Tif we have Simcha, joy. What's the idea of Sukkot? And from the three Mayadim, which Yom Tif is the most intense joy? Is Sukkot. That means the Bina on Sukkot is, is the most pronounced. Bina is in its full force. Yet, what do we say? Usha'af temayim pisasa. 
bring the Chachma into the Bina. Don't allow the Bina to get out of hand and it all be about the way I feel. I understand and I'm so happy because you feel yourself too much. Put the Chachma, Shaftem Mayim, into the Bina. It's interesting how the Alter the Alter Rebbe does it on Sukkis. Why, why am I so excited about this? Because this is so pure. This is so. What do I mean? So pure because it's so not just plain spirituality indulgence. See, plain spirituality, which the world sees as spirituality, it's all it can be so selfish, it can be so indulgent, and it can be so distant from God. And even if it's a godly, pure. The Alter Rebbe, who is the essence of the divine in this world, because the Alter Rebbe is the Chach, he's, the Alter Rebbe is the attribute of Chachma. The Bittelt, we know he's the faculty of Chachma. He's Chachma Allah encased in a physical body. That's why he had this wisdom. He had this knowledge like no other human being ever had. The knowledge of, of and be able to bring these godly ideas into this world, the Alter Rebbe is Chachma. That's why in Matzah, for instance, he explains, by Pesach he explains, that that's the whole idea of matzazusha anu oichlem al shum ma. That's the uh, uh, the mimer is that you have to bring the 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 you have to bring the moichen the abba. It's a mimer that we learned. You have to bring the matzah, which is the bittel, the moichen the abba, into the yantiv, into the mayadam l'simcha. So he explains that whole idea. He explains it on on Pesach, and then in Sukkot he also does the same explanation. How ushaafta mayim bisasin. Draw the Mayim into the Sasim. Okay. But the but the Tzemach Tzedek is saying, where when do you have the ability to converge these two together into a beautiful experience of joy and fear together, of joy and bittel together? How, how can you have beingness and non-beingness all in one, all converge together? How can you have that? That's because Sukkis is after Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is when we have his galus akeser. Yom Kippur is when we taught why, because Yom Kippur we say ki This is a day of atonement, as a result of our tshuva. Hashem Simply it means in front of God you're going to be pure. The deeper meaning is higher than yud kevavke. Yud kevavke is the spheres, the attributes. That's from chachman down. Yud is chacham. Lifnei avaya means his galus akeser. On Yom Kippur, especially by Ne'ilah, it's Aliyah Samalchus, Malchus with Knesset Yisrael, with all of us, or Oila were elevated into Keser itself. That means we have an experience of Lifnei Havaya, the idea of Asher Anoichim at right? God Himself. As a result of that, when you come to Sukkot, you can have this beautiful blend of joy and fear at the same time in Simchas Beis Hashem. That's what he's explaining over here. Shanisachamayim bechagu hamshachas chachmi elah b'chinas bittel umasha afal piken yeh besasei that you should be have bittel and at the same time you should be dancing and not be on the floor with bittel, but you should be able to dafkas em shem the chachmo binahem train rein. Over there he explains that chachman bina are two friends that remain together, but what causes chachman bina to be together and not separate, even though they're two opposites? The keser that's higher than Chachman Bina, keep the Chachman Bina together. This is the same idea that we're learning over here. The bitl and the fear is integrated into the joy. 
after the ten days of tshuva. V'yoyim ha-kippurim and Yom Kippur. Shemam shichim, where over there we draw down, mepchinas lifnei avaya tetoru. From a place higher than shem avaya tetoru, you should be purified. Shalom, shalom, l'rachayku l'karev. We said earlier, from that place you can have rachayk and karev, distance and closeness come together. Shalom, peace, between the fear which is called distant, sorry, the fear which is called close, and the love which is called far, because you love, as we learned earlier, when you're distant, you love. The two of them should make peace. You can have this iskalalus on, on sukkahs, because Yom Kippur, we have a revelation of Atzimus himself, of Hashem himself. Ach, what's the difference, however? On Sukkis, primarily, the difference between Simcha Shal Mitzvah, we're learning that this is really supposed to happen by every Mitzvah. Every Mitzvah, you have an encounter with the Yemish, and you have Simcha. What's the difference between Sukkis and Simcha Shal Mitzvah regularly? The difference is, Who's inside who, like we spoke earlier? Is Avram inside Yitzchak or Yitzchak inside Avram? Who is, who, is, who is included in who? When you're doing mitzvahs during the year, the external outside has to be extreme seriousness. You're doing a mitzvah. Frivolousness and jumping and dancing, that's not, that's not, definitely not the Chabad way. It's, there is a, an erenskite, a real seriousness in the performance of a mitzvah. But inside your heart, a deep joy and happiness. Sukkis, at the time of Zaman Simcha Seinu, outside is the joy. The Simcha is, 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 um, is, is, inside there is the tremble. Trembling in awe, even though Bechitzayni is, there is the Simcha. That's what he's saying. Achkan, hagilu yuas. Achkani means on, on Yom Kippur. I'm sorry, on Sukkis. Achan over here, hagilu yu asimcha. Externally, it's Avram. Vasimcha vasasin. Rak toichoi inside rotsuf ha bitl vahayira is included, is the, is, it's laden with, with bitl and fear. And over here, by simcha shal mitzvah, it's the opposite. On the outside is the, the eved, vavadetem, you should serve Hashem. And inside is tachas Inside is the joy. Let's see the kitzer. There's a little summary. The simchazu and this joy, the pchenas v'chol kera that the inners and the thing yizamru will sing. Who simcha shal mitzvah? This is the simcha of mitzvah. V'zehu inyan birches This is the idea of the blessing you make in the mitzvah to draw down the abishter himself. V'hafta es. You see, you combine the love and the fear. And that is the Hizgalus Vidibartobam. Okay. So now we know, as a result of the Abishter being Nizgala to the soul, we're able to have Simcha Shalmitz. The ultimate beauty of a Jew. It's a beautiful, because what we learned earlier, this is the Tzion element of a Yizna Shaman. Okay? The question, however, is how come we do mitzvahs and we have an encounter with Anoichi? Nothing. We're busy t- checking our text me- messages while we're doing the mitzvah, looking at our emails. <laughs> it's supposed to have a gili barada. Now, how's it possible we do mitzvahs and we remain numb and not, not inspired in it? Not, not. So the answer is we need to have a, in order for the noichi to be sensed in the nefesh, to be revealed in the nefesh, there is, a, there is some, you have to do a little spiritual preparation for the mitzvah to be able to 
enable the anoichi to shine upon your soul. So that will enable you to experience as a consequence of that the love and the fear together. So you need to, you need to clear the rubble a little bit in order for that to happen. Why? Simply you can say, stop, if you're not sensitive, if the heart is clogged, you're not going to feel anything. But there's something deeper than that. We said earlier that the Anoichi, the Ebishter himself, for him to reveal himself in the world and not destroy it, takes incredible muscle power of God. God has to really, really, really exercise enormous restraint for him to be able to come down softly and not, and not destroy us. If he himself is coming and not destroy us in the fear of it, he needs to take enormous power to hide. They said earlier, powerful gavura for the Abraham to do that. He will only do that, and we know that every, 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 every Yisrusa everything that God does, Hashem is our shadow. We have to do the same thing. Because when we, Hashem reciprocates to us. When we exercise powerful gavura in our life, that causes the Abish to exercise powerful gavura in his experience, and enabling him to reveal himself upon us. So what will it take to enable, what does it take That there should be a hisgalus of anoichi mipia gvura, that a person has to do gvura in his own life. And what's his gvura? The gvura by us is going to say over here. Oh, this is mamish, this is following. So I mentioned this last week, but so beautiful. This is mamish, goes hand in hand in the mimer we learned in Devarim, Tzion b'mishpatipada. Tzion is exactly this beautiful Jew who experiences the love and the fear together. That's called Tzion, remember? We learned that in that mimer. And we said, Tzion tipada. How do you access your Tzion? How do you open up your nefesh to that experience? It needs to be redeemed. It's covered up. It's concealed. Bemishpat. Mishpat means by judging yourself, by being harsh on yourself. With gevura upon yourself, by exercising extreme discipline on oneself, the Abishter too exercises discipline on his self that he can come and not, and not blow us away. It's the discipline, it's the mishpat element. The mishpat element in, over here means that when we control our desires, we have all kinds of desires in our left side of our heart. The Abishta gave us two, soul, two, two inclinations. We have a holy, holy inclination, we have a negative inclination. And the, and the Yetzirah, every few minutes, wants something, gets excited, wants this, wants that, wants that. And, and every time we, we, we control and say no, no, and don't give him what he wants, we're, we're, we're surrendering our rotsain, our will, our, our physical, earthy cravings and desires that we have. doesn't necessarily have to be forbidden things, even permissible things. They're not even what is kosher. But it's just because I want, I don't have to have it. Okay, all the time we're saying no to ourselves and disciplining our desire, that's, that's a, a serusa de letata, that's a arousal from below for the Abishter also to control his expansion that he doesn't and that he should be able to come his infinite self should be able to squeeze himself through his keyhole how can God squeeze himself through a tiny little keyhole that's if we can contract our desires it says from the darkness this level of the Abishter of God himself is called darkness it's called darkness why? Because it's higher than light, higher than comprehension, right? 
And we want the darkness to anoichi, which is the darkness, to reveal itself. It takes powerful tzimtzum for that. Which comes through the multitudes of contractions. It's dependent on the arousal from below. Talia milsa. The matter is dependent on our work. One of the things we say in the davening, we say, Everything is supposed, again, in this little paragraph of Ahafta, in the little paragraph of Ahafta, you have the whole, we have the whole, the, the whole, the whole, the whole directions, Mamsha, an entire manual of how to make this happen. Vahafta ace, let's go over. Vahafta ace, connect your love and your fear together. How? Because Hashem alokecha. Because you're going to have God Himself shining upon you. When is God going to shine upon you Himself? God Himself. through In the Torah and in the mitzvahs is vahoyu It's coming from the Kale Elyon Himself. In order for it to reveal itself in Vahanoira, remember, in order for it to manifest itself that you should feel it, it has to come down through the Vav, that's Vidibartabam, through learning Torah, Torah is Koil Koil Yaakov, it brings the Abishter down, Bamidbar into the desert, we learned earlier, Panu Derech, Bamidbar, it brings it down over here. And then you, and only then can you have this experience. And when can you have that? Only Hayom, only during your lifetime, in Torah and Mitzvahs. Now, the key to making this all happen, and the key to making this happen is Vahafta Sashem Bechol Levavcha with all your heart. All your heart meaning including your animal soul as well. What does that mean? with both your inclinations. You have to harness also the Yetzahara Hashem. And it could be. We'll see in a minute. Okay. Which you have to harness your Yetzahara Hashem to serving Hashem. Bibchinas iskafya vishapcha. In a manner of iskafya, iskafya means iskafya means subduing your yetzahara. It's two stages. In other words, you want to draft. It says, love God with all your with all your heart. And Chazal say it says with two bases, all your heart, meaning you have two hearts. That even the evil inclination to love Hashem. Now, the evil inclination can only be converted to love Hashem in a two prong. It's a two prong or a two step exercise. The first thing is. See, we're capable of loving God, to love God, even with our very physical and earthy instincts. Because our impulsive self, because our, in, our impulsive, physical, earthy drive could be sublimated. It could change from its earthy attractions, and it could be directed towards Hashem. When you educate it. By educating it, it can be, that's called hishapcha, transformation. You transform it, you, tra- you change it. But that's only step number two. That's only step number two. Step number one. Step number one. Soon, that's a little. Uh, step number one. Step number one to make it happen. The first stage to make it happen is you have to, you can't change your physical desires overnight and make them love, love Hashem. You first have to de- 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 disconnect them from their physical attachments by, by, um, by breaking it. 
you have a desire. You can't, you can't metamorphosize and start loving Hashem with, with your Yetzirah overnight. By first restraining the desire. Every time it wants something, you don't give it to Him. After a while, it, 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 it seeks pleasure elsewhere because it can't seek it in the physical. So it's going to look for fulfillment. Well, then you can direct it. You can change it. It's like a child. You can't educate a child and direct the child towards the higher, more beautiful things in life when you first you take him, unless you wean him off from his, phys from his very childish attachments. When you wean him off from his childish attachments, then you can slowly gear him towards something higher. But while you're stuffing him with candy, you can't inspire him to want, to want something more uh, sophisticated. So it requires his hapcha, his kafya, subduing, and then finally after that, you can make his hapcha. So, so, so inherently, means will, it, will require first a subduing and not giving in to what you want. When you do that, you cause the Abishter also to restrain himself. Because you're restraining yourself. It enables him to restrain himself and to take the effort to make his way down to this world through powerful tzimtzumim. Darkness to light. Listen to these words. He's first just like the person is 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 um, overpowering negatively against his nature. Whether it it means turning away from bad stuff, have an appetite to eat. To uh, I don't know whatever whatever the appetites a person has to do things, hamba seitoiv or whether you're doing good, you're not in the mood of doing a mitzvah, you're not in the mood of studying, doing giving tzedakah or whatever it is, and you overpower that. Mepchenas battle ritzaimcha nullifying one's will. Shemevatulam esalikas atzmoi the person um, moves inside umashlech nafshoi and he casts his own nefesh veritzaimne and his will mineged from far. He says doesn't make a difference what I want. I'm doing what the Ebrister wants. This causes above the same thing. Hashem also does bittel. The silik atzmius or ain't saif baruchu. And Hashem is removing the essence of the ain't saif from its ain't saifish kite, from its infiniteness, and he contracts it and compresses it. It shouldn't shine and reveal itself, as he is, he has no end, because if he would do that, what would happen? The worlds are not able to withstand that. This light, as it is. And that's why this light is called, it's really light, it's but it's called darkness, because we can't handle it. revelation. Ella, what do we want? We want that the Abishter, it's not that he shouldn't share it with us. We want him to share it with us, but he wants us to, to compress it. To compress his infinite light into a very small file. He should contract himself and compress himself. And many tzimtzumim, the Yeridus Amadregis, and the sense of level, he is Gilio or That from the darkness of incomprehensible infinite light, he should compress himself into a light that we can handle, but not diluting it. 
That's the point. Not diluting, compressing. Very, very big difference. Which is a great descent. Why should Hashem bother and do that? Well, Hashem does that. As it says this week, we learned it out from this. In today's Chumash, we learned it today. In the place where you find God's greatness, in that very same place you find His humility. Today's, in today's Rashi we learned it. That it says that Hashem's greatness and Hashem Hashem loves a ger and He gives him uh, bread. And, I mean, Hashem is humble. He takes care of the downtrodden. So over here it means that Despite the fact that Hashem is so vast and so great, He's humble and, and comes down. He forsakes the essence of the Ein Soif. And dwells his Shechina. Contracting himself. In order that there should be revelation and light. From amongst the darkness. So we do Tzimtzum. We do Mishpat Tzimtzum. It causes the Eibishter to do symptom. That's, however, only the first half of our work. The first half of our work is the no. I want no. I need no. That's the knowing. Discipline, self-discipline. Causing God to have self-discipline. Okay? Now stage number two. We said earlier, it's not enough just to say no. Then you have to take those very negative forces and convert them to light. Convert them to its... Kedusha, to its holiness. Ooh, what does that do? That takes, first Hashem contracts Himself not to overwhelm, but then to take that very darkness and make it enjoyable to us, make it, make it experienceable to us, which is light, that comes from the second stage in a person. You're taking your darkness, converting it to light, the Abishta takes his darkness and converts it to light. His darkness is a different kind of darkness than our darkness. Our darkness is ugly darkness. His darkness is magnificent darkness. But yet there is a similarity that it's both darkness. When we take our darkness and convert it to Kedusha, that's the second stage. There is a skafia and there is a Hapcha. His skafia is subduing. The subduing means we go against our will. That causes the Abishter also to make himself uncomfortable. We make ourselves uncomfortable, he makes himself uncomfortable. Stage number two, we convert, he converts. We convert our darkness to love Hashem. He converts his unknowable infinite darkness, which is unknowable infinite self, and makes it shine and bright to us. From darkness to light. The, 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 as he says here, Vigam, that's what the Tzemach Tzedek adds in the, in the Vigam. When we convert our chashucha, our darkness from below, to light, this causes, stimulates above, revelation that from the supernal where Hashem shrouds himself in darkness, that's higher than light, that that very darkness itself should reveal itself. This is what we mean, that from dark, quality of light comes from darkness. That from our darkness that we have down here, when we convert our darkness, we, then we made much brighter light. We take darkness and convert that to light. And it could be, the truth is, the only reason the Abishta gives us Yetzirah and evil inclinations is so that we should have something to tackle and break. In other words, we think of it as like ugly, ugly drives. It's not that. It's really an opportunity to break something. 
to discipline ourselves so that can act as a stimulator that Hashem should do the same thing. And that's the only reason we have it lechatchila from the beginning. And this causes and brings about this revelation. Gambeleva Adam also went to a person's heart. Lamata below. Now the person becomes a keli and a dwelling. When the Abishta now reveals himself, once God reveals himself in your heart, what, is, what, what does Hashem do? What did we say? Makes peace. So the two opposite forces within the human soul, the love and the fear, can come together again. Come together, I mean. Both of them together. By drawing down the peace, that is attaching everything. This is, oh, this is Gavaldic. No, you have to wait here one more minute, just after these words. On this it says, unless you were sleeping already. On this it says, a person who guards his mouth and his tongue, he's guarded from the troubles of his soul. Generally, simply it means, keep your mouth shut and you'll keep out of problems. That's the simple, simple meaning. Because usually with our mouth, we end up putting our foot in our mouth when we talk too much. So it's better that you're always better off by not talking. Right? So should I say? Should I not say? I heard news. Should I say that? Always better off. Takes, right? Like the, like the, the Gemara says. For every, uh, if you, milah uh, besela, a milah, a word for a, for a coin, shtika, silence is always worth two, two coins. It's always better. Silence is always better. Simple meaning. The Alter Rebbe learns over here. One of the most, one of the, mo, the hardest areas in a person's life to control themselves is in speech. It's like you have words already. It's already at the tip of your tongue. You want to say something. You have something to say about someone. You know, someone. You're ready to say it because it's like say something and everybody's gonna laugh about someone. You have an urge to say something. And it's ready at the tip of your tongue. When you control that, basically it means self-control. What does that do? Shoimer, it's going to guard you mitzaras nafshoi. What's tzaras? Tzaras generally means from trouble. Tzara also means from narrow. Tzara also means narrowness. What's the narrowness? A soul that is only capable of experiencing either love or fear one at a time, that's called narrow. Narrow-mindedness. It's only one emotion. You can only experience one emotion. Only love or fear. That's an extreme deficiency. That's narrowness. If you want to get out of your narrowness of the constriction of your soul that you're limited to only one experience, if you want to be able to feel multi-experiences, love and fear together, you don't want to have a narrow soul. You want to have a broad soul, which can experience Ava Vayira together, joy and tremble at the same time, which is the ultimate godly experience. Control your mouth. Which means, have self-discipline and self-control. By you disciplining yourself, it's going to cause the Abishter to discipline his infinite light and channel it down to us in a manner that we can, it can shine into our nefesh. When God himself shines in your nefesh, that brings the bitl and causes the broadness in your neshama to be able to experience the opposite. 
This is what he's saying. Shoimer the Alter Rebbe says this is a very, it's a Rachmanis, a very Nebuchadnezzar in the Shama that has a very narrow soul. Uketzara, a short soul. Meheichel beiz afeichem, from being able to withstand two opposites, ke'echod, shen avavayira, which is love and fear, elokomoshe kosev, it says in the Pasuk, the opposite, harchivi mokim aholech, broaden the land, aholech of your tents. Breitkeit, broaden. V'hainu al yedei shmidas piv. It's really about, it comes as a result of discipline and everything. But the, the Pasuk is referring particularly to watching one's mouth. In subduing the sitra achra, by not saying that which we're not supposed to say, and by also saying what we should say. I didn't look that up in Shlach Kaddish, so I can't tell you what it says. And as a result of this, Elokus is shining in your soul. And, what's, and what is that drawing? This love that is incorporated with fear. Into the innermost of the heart. So that the heart should become a keli. That the heart should become a dwelling place to this love, that the heart should be a keli for the two opposites. And that's called a, a broad soul, not a narrow soul. And this madrega should be etched in your soul, that it should remain there. It's nice to say, okay, one time I experienced this. This should be, this should be who you are. It should be, should, it should be set in you. It get car- he's going to talk, talk about that this is a cart, this is a, a, a something that you, the person becomes a keli, it gets carved out in you, this ability to be able to experience opposites at the same time. It will never falter. All the days, whether in thought, whether in speech, and in action, which means that in all aspects of your life, that speech, and then bonding it on your putting on tefillin is a, a, a mitzvah and action. And all the Torah is compared to tefillin. Why is it mentioned after tefillin here? The Alter Rebbe is saying, why is the Pasuk mentioned tefillin? Because in tefillin is where you have the idea of what all mitzvahs are all about very, very expressed. Because in, what's, what's the idea of all mitzvahs. Anoichi, that God himself, is expressed in the physical. God himself. Where do you have that in tefillin? Because tefillin is the most physical object. You're taking a hide of an animal, and you're literally writing upon it, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu, Hashem So in tefillin, the, the theme of every mitzvah, see, when you take a shofar, for instance, in the blowing of the shofar, you don't see, unless you learn chasidus, you don't see that the blowing of the shofar, the content of the mitzvah is that you're drawing godliness, God, not godliness, God himself into a physical object. But in tefillin, everybody can see it. Because what's tefillin? You're writing Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. The very nature of the mitzvah is displaying what the theme of all mitzvahs are all about, that it's about revealing the essence of God in the essence, 
in something physical. In something physical. And the supernal holiness dwells over there from the infinite one, and the one encompasses all worlds. In the parshias that are written in them, so is the union of all the mitzvahs. And basia gashmias that are in physical, uh, that are in physicality. The afa became and nevertheless, even though they're physical, it dwells and enclosed in them the oirin soif. And then, as a result of a person's recognition of this, so all of his deeds, all of his speech, and all of his thoughts will be mitzvahs. You can never get enough of it. You can't get enough of Torah and mitzvahs. It's going to be in with, and the and the Torah and mitzvah that the person is going to be is going to do. It's going to be performed in the most magnificent, beautiful way in which it's going to have love and fear combined together. But when you don't have this kind of a love, which means a love coming from the divine, but rather it's one's your own your own love, which is a love of thirsting and longing, as we said earlier. That kind of a love also connects you to Hashem, but that's not going to be lasting. Of the thirsting kind of love. There's another benefit of this. Not only is it a much deeper experience and a much richer experience, when a person has this experience of love and fear together, then, then, then holiness will become what you are all about forever. It's going to become etched in you. Meaning, if your, your, your connection to the Abishter is only from a narrow soul, what did we say earlier? Meaning either love or fear, not together. Then, the downside of that, besides the fact that that's called narrowness, is also that it's not permanent. Today you might be loving an intense love, tomorrow you might be completely out of it and be involved in completely not holy things. It's not going to last. True lasting and permanence comes from the Abishter, a person becoming a Kali for God, and that lasts forever. And that's why he says the difference is is Hashem be, be merging with you, or is God only giving you a quick hug? Literally, that's what he says. Is the Abishter attaching himself to you, or is it just an embrace? If you're loving God and davening and it's just a love, love is the right side of Hashem. God gives you an embrace. So you're davening, you're feeling love, God embrace you. And what happens with an embrace? You can get a hug, and then the hugger goes away, the one that's being hugged goes away, and they're again far from each other. The, 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 um, this uh, experience is one in which the Abishter carves himself out inside your soul. And that's forever. It's a, as he says, he says, if it's a love that's coming from thirst, even though it's stimulating the Abishta's right side, which is, but it's only a chibuk mi bachutz. It's not a carving inside, it's only an, an external chibuk. That's why it is exchanged. After davening, it's gone. But this is a carving. Now, who is the carver? But the Rebbe is going to say one more thing. The Alter Rebbe says one more thing. This type of Yiddishkeit, this kind of beautiful, where the person becomes a keli for the Abishter himself to dwell inside of him, and you experience love and fear together, there's one very important ingredient that we need. And that is we need a Rebbe.
This you can't do on your own. No matter how much you try, with your bittel and with your nullifications, you need a Rebbe for that. You need a Moshe Rabbeinu to do that. Moshe Rabbeinu is the carver. He is the one who carves the soul out to be a keli for this. For this, this attachment of anoichi. So the Pasuk says, anoichi Moshe Rabbeinu stands between the Jews and Hashem to make this union. And this he says, And the amshach of this revelation believe in the heart. mishkan That the heart should be a, a dwelling place. And to be a keli to this love. That it should enter into a person's pnimius. The toichi yusoy into his innermost. Shatiyatikua, it should be etched, the shemura, and guarded, lanetzach forever. Nases al this is accomplished through the one who is the carver, the one who carves out. This is, this is the, the, the job of an engraver. Bechinas mechoikik, it says about Moshe Rabbeinu that he was mechoikik bimish anoisam. Mechoikeik b'meshanoisa means that Moshe Rabbeinu carved out with his stick the, the, the well, the be'er. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu was the one. How did the Jewish people get the water from the well? Moshe Rabbeinu hid it and he carved out the, the stone. And he, so what it really means, an inner carving of the Jewish people. Sha'oisa chakika, he does an encarving, lekeli, lekabal to be mekabalit. That's where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried, but it says in Parshas B'zoysa Bracha. That's the power of Das. Moshe Rabbeinu is Das. And he is the ability, Das is Pneumius. That's the difference. What he's basically saying is that without Das, everything is Chitzainius, everything is Makish. You can have love, and it will... But it will all spill over and it will be gone. In order to be carved inside, you need the power of Das. Moshe Rabbeinu is the power of Das. That, and that's why the Pasuk says, V'yadaita hayoyim. V'yadaita means you should take it in Bipnimius. It should be carved out in you. Hayoyim, what's the day? The day is what? The day is, is made up of light and darkness. Which on the one hand, even though the Mimer doesn't say that, on the one hand can be a symbol of what? Of love and fear. Even though they're two opposites, they're, they're still considered one day. And then you take it into your heart that you have Yetzahara and Yetzir Toiv. And, and the two of them converge together, as we said earlier. You take from your Nefesh Bahamas and then you, you unify and it's all through the power of Yadaita of Moshe Rabbeinu. But, but, but the Altar is going to give a little bit of a different explanation now. Yeah. And this it says, Moshe Rabbeinu simply means Moshe Rabbeinu placed the Torah in front of us. So what is that night and day? Day means, the real meaning of day is that darkness itself became with this helicopter over here. Night and day means that the darkness, what was dark, became day. It's not... The idea is that Yoshez Choyshech, that 
that the supernal darkness, which is unknowable, that became bright. That, that was enlightened. That's why the sages say, Bereisha Chashocha, first there is darkness. Vahadr and then comes light. Not the meaning, not that, okay, first it's hard times and then it's good times. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the darkness itself that becomes the, that becomes illuminated. The level of keser becomes, enters into the, is asher anoichi becomes connected to us. That becomes bright, that illuminates, it shines in the neshama. We become a keli for that light. And that enters into us. So, what does that mean? Like the creation of the world. First darkness. And then light. That from the darkness becomes light. The gilu of the oirin elyon from the supernal darkness. First is darkness. Where the darkness, the concealed darkness. That the kale elyon becomes through the vav. That becomes awesome, which means we can feel him. Then light. That it should be enlivened. That's what das is. Das, by the way, is under the keser. So das is the hamshacha of keser into the panemius. That's what das is all about. It's taking the keser itself. That's the advantage of das over chachmem bina. Chachmem bina or chachmem bina. But das is oila ada keser and brings the keser into panemius. That's why via you will know in das, you will know hayoim the day. What's the day? That night turns into light. And from this you will know that Avayin Elokim is one. How Avayin Elokim, which is really Chachman, Bina, Chesed, and Gavur are unified. Through the Vav, what did we say? When you have Vahanoira, then you have a Gadol, a Gibor, which are two separate things, are unified in Vahanoira. Mikael Elyon from the Kael Elyon, that is, includes and, and attaches two opposites. And this Amshacha comes from totally beyond the Shtalshalus, from the supernal darkness, where he shrouds himself in darkness. That it should come into a revealed state. That takes enormous power of Hashem to be able to do that without overwhelming us. And that depends on us. That's an hour avoda. We cause that to happen. And that's why it says, Take it to your heart. Know that it's in your heart that you can accomplish this. Why? By by you taking, recognizing that your left side of the heart that's full of darkness is meant to act as a stimulator. Because if we would only have a Yetzetov, we would never be able to access supernal darkness. We would hang out only in the worlds of light. We would never be able to get beyond light. We would only be able to touch Yudke Vavke. We would never be able to get higher than Yudke Vavke. It's only because we have an Efesha Bahamas and all kinds of negative desires and wants. By dealing with that darkness, which gives us an opportunity now to restrain ourselves, by putting ourselves in the side and restraining, we cause the Abishta to restrain himself, to restrain his light, and to 
contract it down, discipline his light. Depending an hour. You should turn your both of your hearts to one. Also, the evil inclination, Yashav Lavaydis Hashem, will turn it to Avaydis Hashem, in a manner of subduing it. Ubatel Ritzaincha, nullifying your will, Chulu. Shebesarusa Dalatata, our hour, Sarusa Dalatata, our arousal from below, Sarusa Dalayela, this will cause reciprocant his Eiros from above, Bemakim Sha'ata Moitse Gedulasa, in the place where you find God's greatness. From his very infinite greatness, Sham in that very place, you find God's humility is that he contracts himself to make his very self knowable or connectable to us. Kitzer, he does a kitzer. From the darkness itself becomes light to Elian. Which is the idea of shayme pivel shayna by guarding our mouth, which means restraining ourselves from saying everything we want to say. Shayme mitzaras nafshay watches us from the narrowness of our soul. das. That's through the das. you know today. And you will accomplish it through turning it to your heart. It says by bitzalel bitzel kel hayisa v'yadaita ninu. That's called the shadow of God, Kale Elyon. Um, it said, no, because it's interesting. It says, Chazal say about Bitzalel. Moshe Rabbeinu commanded in Parshas Truma that you should make the you should make the Kalim. And then afterwards he said, make the Mishkan. That's the order. But then Bitzalel went, he made the opposite. He made first the Mishkan, and then he made the Kalim. Then he made the vessels. So Chazal, so the, the sages say that Moshe Rabbeinu said to Betzalel, Betzel Kale, that you knew better. Even though I said the opposite, you knew better. Because Betzel Kale, Yisa, you were in the shadow of God. And you knew that that's what Hashem really told me. To make the, the, to make the structure first, the, 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 the Mishkan first, and then make the Kale. So what really is the dialogue over here? So he doesn't explain over here why Moshe said that order. We're not going to get into that. It's a long mimer in Pashas Vayakel, where he explained, the altar was a long mimer explaining the two different orders. But the one thing he's saying over here is like this. Making first the Mishkan and then making Kalim means that you're taking the Ur Makif itself. You make first the Mishkan, first it's Makif, and then you take that very Makif and you draw it into Kalim. So he's saying in order for you to do that, you have to be betzel kale. You betzalel, we're, 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 you're in, you touch the level called betzel kale. What's betzel kale? The level kale elyon. Kale elyon. That's what's, that's what's called shadow. Tzel means darkness. Shadow is darkness. Yashas chayshech right? And he says betzel kale, v'yadaita, and you knew, because only das, is able to be mamshech, the makif, into a pnimi. So you need to make first the, uh, the, the mishkan and then the kalim. 
and draw that down into the Pneumius, and you're causing Kalim, I think he means a Skalalus, then you can have all different types of Kalim together. Love and fear, everything converged together. There is a piece in There is another end to the Mimer, but I didn't learn it. And we're going to finish the mimer right over here. L'chaim, everyone. Um, it should be good.